Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jan Jaffe, and I'm your host. Today we're discussing how to find common ground, reduce conflict, and create collaboration even in those most challenging and difficult conversations. I'm delighted to be joined by my brilliant team, Sharissa Sebastian, and guest host, co- guest co-host Mark Shaw. Today's show is entitled Stop Screaming, Get What You Truly Want Out of a Conversation. Welcome to Think Tank. These are trying and stressful times. A look at social media tells the story clearly. Virtually everyone is passionate about something, either it's cats, dogs, piglets, or birds. The terrible injustices occurring around the world or in our own country, equal rights, or what appears to be forefront on most people's minds right now, the upcoming presidential election. This last item has been having the effect of polarizing entire groups of people, friends, and even families. In fact, I was invited to and even attended a debate-watching party designed specifically to determine the stress levels of the debate on those watching by testing attendees' cortisol levels both before, during, and even after watching the debate. How is it possible to reduce the conflict and polarizing effect this is causing? How does one create good communication with someone passionate on the other side of the fence from us? In our conversation today, we're discussing how to find common ground, reduce conflict, and create collaboration via mindful communication. Sharissa Sebastian, please tell our listening audience a little about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Jen. Well, I'm a career success coach for women, um, a speaker, writer for the Huffington Post, a radio show host, and the co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreat. And my coaching focuses in the area of career advancement and transition, as well as life balance. And if you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, you can visit my website at com. I am so excited to be on the show today. Thanks, Jen. Thank you, Sharissa. I'm so happy you're here, as always. And Mark Shaw, please introduce yourself. Sure. Hi. I'm so excited to be here, Jen. Thank you for having me on uh, on the show. So I'm Mark Shaw, and I am a career and relationship success coach. Um, and uh, so I help people be successful in all areas of their life, basically. Um, and mostly my focus is on career uh, and relationship. Uh, and I am also a coach training instructor. Um, so I actually teach a certification program where people go to become certified as coaches through IPEC coaching, uh, where is where I did my certification and where you did yours. <laughs> so um, happy to be here. 
Oh, you know, Mark, I'm so I'm so delighted to have you join us uh, uh, for this episode of Think Tank. And Mark was my instructor at IPEC, so it is a special delight and joy to have Mark with us. And I'm I imagine and I'm sure that it will be a joy for everyone listening as well. So um, I wanted to invite everyone, uh, anyone who wants to join us today, to call in at 646-716-9397. We really enjoy your comments and questions and, you know, any, any collaboration you would like to have with us. Most everyone past a certain age knows how to make casual chit-chat, but it takes skill and awareness to have a deep conversation with your philosophical opposite. The title of our show today is Stop Screaming. Get what you truly want out of a conversation. Now, that title can be a little confusing. Does it mean that the goal of a conversation is to convince the other person that your way of thinking is the right way? Is it a battle to the death that you want to win? What is the goal of a conversation exactly? What does getting what you truly want out of a conversation actually mean? Sharissa, would you like to start? Sure. Well, I think, you know, really deep down, Jen, we really want, what we really want to do is connect with others in a deep and meaningful way. And that may not be our conscious goal right off the bat because a lot of times we're so wired to just want to be right and want the other person to kind of understand where we're coming from and maybe even take on our own views. But really deep, deep down it's that connection that really brings us the most fulfillment and that creates those really strong and lasting relationships where we both, you know, where both people feel deeply understood and respected. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's it's about actually creating connection and being understood, right? So we're you know in a conversation where both parties feel like they are understood and respected, regardless of their views, regardless of how different they may think, feel, believe, or whatever the case is. But to be able to communicate effectively and to have that level of connection. I think that, you know, you, it, you need to really be on that level where you both feel really well understood and respected. And I think ultimately that is what we, like deep down, that, level, that deep level of connection is what we're really after, more than being right, more than, you know, anything else that may be on the surface. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how about you, Mark? Uh, what well, do I'm, you have? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I would agree with Sharissa 100%. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I teach <clears throat> is uh, assertiveness skills. Um, I teach those to my clients. I teach them uh, in workshops and classes, both in the corporate realm um, uh, as well as privately. And one of the things that we teach with assertion is that the goal of assertion, the goal of assertiveness is not to get your way, but to get your say. And mm-hmm. so the goal is ultimately... Um, having a respectful conversation where the rights of both parties are are, are honored, you know, and not violated. Uh, so, for example, one of those rights would be, you know, the right to uh, express your opinion without being judged personally for it, for example, right? And when we mm-hmm. recognize that we both have that right, our communication can come from an entirely different different place. So I always have said, you know, I, I like the adage, the right to swing my arm ends where your nose begins. 
So being mindful of those boundaries, uh, it's like, you know, we can get passionate, we can get expressive, and we also have to maintain our respect for one another, uh, which can sometimes be very difficult when we feel passionate or downright angry um, in, a, uh, in a conversation with somebody. So, um, so that's the goal. It's, it's that connection. It's understanding of one another. We don't have to share each other's opinion about something, um, but at least to just understand a little bit more about the other person. Oh, I love that. Um, just what you just said, um, you know, the several things that you said about not not to get your way, but but to get your say, um, and that that in itself is is you know that is almost like a rule or a reminder or um, just guidelines for a conversation, for especially for a passionate conversation or as we mentioned one of those challenging or difficult conversations but you know to say that these are some of the guidelines that it's that it's it's not about winning it's about the right to be allowed to to say what's on your mind but also to, to and to express your opinion without being judged which is that in itself is quite a challenge for many people mm-hmm. to to release or even be aware of the fact that they're judging, and I loved the statement that you that you made about the right to swing my arm ends when your nose begins. I mean, it's also it also is is a little it's it's kind of humorous, but it's very mm-hmm. serious. Um, sure. How would you describe that? How would you um, elaborate more on that? In you know, to give an example in a conversation. Um, You might even, you know, uh, we could even relate because many people watched the debate the other night um, and how there was some, you know, arm swinging there. Um, But how in general in in a conversation, how might that show up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. So it's so. Let's suppose I'm, you know, I'm uh, arguing with somebody over who's the best of the two presidential candidates, right? Um, mm-hmm. Even though, mm-hmm. even though, as far as I'm concerned, there is no argument. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, so it's the difference between my saying that, you know, what I think about uh, a particular candidate and why I think that, and even expressing quite emotionally how I feel about a particular candidate and their qualifications, their temperament, or anything like that. Um, I I could say all that. I certainly have the right to express all that. We all do. Where your nose begins and where I cross that line to your nose, if I say, and because you support that particular candidate that I don't like, you're a loser and a moron and a jerk too. And Mm -hmm. I don't like you either, right? Now Mm -hmm. I've crossed the line. Right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of political discourse gets to so quickly, and not just in the public uh, realm, but even within the halls of Congress. I don't know who it was who said this, and this was like, I, I think this was about 10 years ago, it was, so it's not even recently, um, it's about 10 years ago, and there was some senator or congressperson who had said, you know, there was a time where we would argue and debate in the halls of Congress all day long, quite passionately, and then at the end of the day, high-five each other, go out for a beer, get to know each other, and things were great. 
He said, that doesn't happen anymore. Now it's a fight to the death, and everyone hates each other as they leave the building. Mm. What has changed, you know? And if we can get back to some of that other stuff, um, I think the whole country and therefore the world uh, would be in a much better place. So it's even the art of debate that has gotten personal as opposed to exchanging ideas and allowing, and, and it's also respect. It's, it's as though respect has gone out the window, and a closed mind has, has become almost an asset. Yes, yes. And, and unfortunately, this is being role modeled, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the highest levels. I mean, there was an article... Uh, I don't remember the original source. I saw it on, an, on the News 360 app, but they just conglomerate articles from different sources. Um, but it talked about the dangerous precedent that, uh, that Donald Trump's anything goes campaign style has set um, in terms of resetting the rules for basic respect. And my personal concern about that is, you know, what, are, what, are the, what is the impact that that has on kids when they see that, and then they go and they run for student council and they get involved in leadership, things like that, and they have to campaign, like are we going to start seeing them mirror this and have schools have the problem of students debating each other and doing name-calling and stuff and, and, and the rules of basic respect also being thrown out the window? And then that becomes the next generation that goes and runs for president someday, and it's just even further down the hill from where we seem to be now. Mm. Well, of course, it applies to far more than, you know, than politics because it applies to right. how we all get along and um the fact that our own personal beliefs um cannot be painted onto somebody else as right. long as it's, you know, as long as it's about being civilized but and and um being kind and respectful and but it it applies to things like religious tolerance i hate to use the mm-hmm. word tolerance because it seems to be out of the realm of love and respect mm-hmm. but um and understanding but the fact that having an open mind allows one to to grow in understanding and grow in love but also grow in unity and when one has an open mind there are often so many other aspects that can add to one's knowledge and understanding and global understanding of what what a topic is about and so it doesn't but it it threatens a lot of people um it threatens their understanding it threatens their sense of safety and security in their beliefs mm-hmm. um so how do you think that that and sure I'd love you to to please enter into this how do you think that that enters into this this um getting what you truly want out of a conversation in this ability to connect in communication uh, and stay open in a kind of mindful. I mean, that word gets overused or maybe not quite understood, but I think when we're talking about mindful, being aware and staying and, and 
being open to hearing what the other person is saying. How can um, that that fear of having your beliefs undermined enter into this this ability to really listen and hear with with connection? Oh, that is such a great question, Jen. And I just wanted to go back to what you and Mark were talking about for just a second in terms of modeling what's out there right now and this kind of, um, especially when it comes to the political, you know, the political debate and all of those things that are going on right now and the kind of tension that we're seeing. And it is so easy to fall into that, you know, because we also influenced by what goes on uh, around us and the types of discussions that that are going on right now. And it's very difficult not to you know, get involved and, you know, have us get so wrapped up in the emotion of, of it all and come from that place when we communicate versus taking a step back and thinking more about, like you were mentioning, being more open-minded and being respectful um, of other people. And especially when it, like you were saying, like with your beliefs, you know, that's something that's so personal to each of us, our own ex- past experiences, our beliefs, and that causes us to have some of these, these buttons and these triggers for us so that when these, some of these issues come up, whether that's around race or politics, whatever it is, whatever the you know the the issue is at hand, um, when we have those emotional buttons um, that we feel get pressed by somebody else, it's so easy for us to go into that reactive mode, especially mm-hmm. because those if it goes against some of our core beliefs and so much of who we are. And to think about mm-hmm. it from the other perspective, when we're entering into a, commu- a communication or discussion with somebody else. Um, to just be really mindful of that because everyone has their own journey. We don't know what, what people have gone through. We don't know what people's past experiences have been, where those deep-seated beliefs come from. They may have had a really traumatic past experience around a particular topic, and that may never come out in the conversation, but that's maybe fueling um, you know, their passion behind it. So just to kind of be mindful of that. And also when it comes to ourselves, when we're entering a, a conversation or uh, even a, a, deba- a debate, to kind of think about, okay, so why, and when you feel yourself really getting emotionally wrapped up in it and wanting to almost feel like you need to be right, you need to defend those beliefs, um, ask yourself, you know, why do, why do I feel like I have to be right in this situation? To kind of take that moment of pause and because it can so easily spiral out of control. And before you know it, you could actually lose that relationship and the connection to that person um, Mm -hmm. in the heat of the moment. So to be able to have that awareness around it and say, oh, wait a second, I feel myself going to this place that I don't, you know, I do not want to get into this Mm. battle. But why do I feel myself? Why is it that I feel the need to defend myself or to be right? You know, because my beliefs are my own at the end of the day. Nobody has Mm -hmm. the, the right to take those, you know, no one can take it away from me. And just because somebody else doesn't believe the same thing doesn't mean that I'm any less of a person for having those types of beliefs. So it, uh, you know, feelings or, and my past experience is obviously going to weigh into that as well. But just kind of coming at it from that understanding and knowing that the other person that you're speaking with, you're never going to know their whole story either. You're never going to know their deep beliefs, where that comes from, their past experiences, unless they choose to, you know, share openly with you. But just to kind of be mindful of that in the moment, I think can really help to, um, diffuse the situation and also try to get you know understand more than anything else go in with a, with this idea of no matter how charged they might be no matter how emotional or passionate they might be about the topic really go in with the thought of okay i want to really get an understanding of where this person is coming from because at the end of the day we you know you might be on the same page as far as deep down what you want like talking mm-hmm. about pol- uh, politics for example i mean we all want to live in a country 
that's safe, that's thriving, you know, and all of those things. At the end of the day, that's what we all want. So finding that common ground, I think, can help mm-hmm. to diffuse some of those situations where we feel like our beliefs are, you know, are, are being questioned. Absolutely, and you've touched on so many, uh, so many f- fabulous things. I, I don't want to say fabulous, but I, they really are because <laughs> there's so many great ideas here. And actually, we've also you've also opened up the next discussion that I wanted to bring up. But Mark, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we get into um, the next the next topic that that uh, that I wanted to open up? Mm. No, I think we're ready to move forward. Let's keep going in this direction. It's great. Okay, because what you were saying, Sharissa, was you know basically was about how keeping an open mind and and having this 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 awareness, not just of yourself, but this awareness that there is more, and this curiosity mm-hmm. um, can can help keep you more mindful and more open and more aware that there is more than what than just what you're aware of. Um, and so, so now that we understand what the goal of mindful communication is, let's take a look at the blocks that create conflict and polarization. When it comes to communication, as we've started to do during these difficult and challenging conversations, so what are some of the ingredients that go into a recipe of conflict, headbutting, stonewalling, and standoff to create these, this heated debate and argument rather than communication in challenging conversations. Mark, would you like to start with this? Yeah, so what are some of the things that go into the conflict and headbutting and stonewalling recipe? I think it's a great question, and it comes down to being right. <laughs> you know, it. <laughs> You know, and that's and it's it's interesting because you know when I coach people, uh, my clients, I work with a lot. I work a lot in the area of like, you know, what are you trying to be right about? That's ultimately costing you the relationship that you're trying to be right about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I've always liked the phrase, "Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy?" And mm-hmm. being right and digging our heels in uh, can be extraordinarily um, detrimental. To, to relationships because we might be right and win the battle, but then we lose the war, which in this case is the relationship. Um, I was just doing a, a uh, communication skills seminar yesterday for one of my corporate clients, and um, one of the things that I talk about is being right notion, and then I share a, a reading. It's um, uh, an example of a radio communication conversation between – um, I think it was between uh, the, the U.S. Navy uh, and the, the Canadian Coast Guard off the coast of Newfoundland. And what the conversation was was that the Canadians get on the radio and they say, uh, you know, you must divert your, you must divert your, uh, your course 15 degrees to the south uh, to avoid a collision with us. And the Americans respond with, negative, you divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. And the Canadians say, uh, no, negative, you, you really need to, to divert your course 15 degrees to the south. And then the Americans, you know, are, this, this is the captain of a USS, you know, this and that, and we're, we're accompanied by destroyers and support vessels, and we demand, again, that you divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision, or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. 
at which case at which point the Canadians respond with, Okay, we're a lighthouse. Your call. <laughs> <laughs> right? And <laughs> so, you know, both are digging their heels in and not sharing the critical pieces of information or asking for the critical pieces of information that could have prevented that from escalating to that level or, God forbid, further. Can you imagine because of just digging our heels in and trying to be right, we ended up, you know, striking <laughs> a Canadian lighthouse mm-hmm. all because of trying to be right. Um, and, but this is what happens is we start striking at each other because we're so invested in being right as opposed to really looking at taking a step back and saying, okay, what's the goal here? What's truly going on here? What do we want to accomplish here? But it can be very difficult when we get triggered and our adrenaline starts pumping, our cortisol starts pumping, you know, and we've we, we got all that running through our bloodstream. We, we, we start getting invested in being right. And we're wired that way. I mean, that has some, uh, you know, at a basic uh, evolutionary level, level uh, that has survival value that we're wired that way. But society has evolved beyond, uh, beyond that and requires us to have some more complex responses to things, which can sometimes be very difficult for, for many of us humans. Absolutely. So uh, I love what you just said about, first of all, I mean, I've heard that, that story before. It's, it's, it's such a great example about um, how sometimes just being so invested in our way of looking at something that we don't see the whole picture and we're right. ready to kind of fight when there's no reason to. Um, right. And so that investment in being right. Um, so it's, it's, it's really, it, it really opens up, uh, you know, it, again, it's, about, it's, it's also about awareness of, of, the, of the big picture of what is really going on here uh, rather than just our own little viewpoint of the world. Right. Sharissa, you had mentioned something before um, about you had started to bring up blocks that um, that can really affect someone's um, way of looking at the world. You were talking about beliefs and um, and how that can affect one's interpretations and their assumptions about about the world. Do you want to speak some a, a bit about that or anything else? That that you that you think might apply to this? Sure, absolutely. Topic. So, yeah, I guess it goes back to that feeling of being deep, deeply hurt by some way in by you know by the other person without them maybe even realizing it because we do have those uh, a lot of those deep maybe wounds that could come to the surface when we're getting into these kinds of discussions and it's so easy for us to be triggered by those kinds of things uh, based on our own beliefs and our own values and our own experiences and, and those kinds of things. So, yeah, it's a feeling of just being wronged or hurt in some way can definitely, you know, get us to that place of being so defensive rather than being more open-minded and coming at it from the perspective of, I just want to really understand this person and um, be respectful and open-minded and, and mindful and that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, so I think at the end of the day when, it's, uh, when we get into those conflict situations or when we feel triggered, um, it comes from the feeling of just being wronged or hurt, and then we feel like the person is not maybe not listening or um, not really trying to understand where we're coming from. 
And a couple of things that I, first of all, I love that story that you shared. And a couple of things stood out for me from that. And one, one thing that you mentioned was the end goal, you know, just to really come at it from that perspective of what is it that you really want to accomplish out of this, um, you know, out of this uh, situation or um, conversation or whatever it is. And if that is to be right, well, then ask yourself, you know, why is it so important for me to defend my beliefs to the point where I feel like I have to be right and that's what I want to walk away from. And then look at the cost of that. You know, if that's really your end goal, what is it costing you? Versus mm-hmm. if the end goal is really to, to just be assertive and to make sure that you're heard and understood, then that's a completely different, you know, that's a completely different way of uh, approaching the conversation. And the other thing that I love that you shared in that story, uh, Mark, is about coming at it from the perspective of understanding, not simply saying this is, this is how I feel and that's it, but really thinking about it from how the other person is going to receive it in terms of, like, wouldn't it be better if for, even for you, if somebody just said, hey, this is how I feel and that's it, this is not up for discussion, wouldn't you mm-hmm. like to understand, you know, where that person is coming from? So think about it from that perspective when you're sharing with someone, and yes, you might feel passionate and strong, strongly about something, and there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with being assertive and making your voice heard, but think about just explaining to them, not with the, not with the thought of convincing them um, to, you know, to believe what you believe, but really just to get, help them to understand where you're coming from. Because a lot of times that will diffuse the situation if it's getting to that point where it's like, you know, it's escalating. But just to simply yeah. say, you know, this is where I'm coming from, um, so that they have an understanding. And also make it and use I statements, you know, versus you and you're wrong and that's, you know, that's why you're wrong and that kind of thing. But use I statements. Just say, you know, this is, this is what I believe is important to me and here's why. Um, and then that, a lot of times, will just really to help open up that, that discussion and, um, with the, of course, with, in, with keeping in mind, what is it that you want to get out of that conversation? Do you want to walk, walk away just having that level of understanding and having a deeper connection, or is it really that important to you to just be right? Right, and it's the difference between, um, it's a difference between saying to the other person, how could you think that that's so wrong versus... Mm-hmm okay, I think something a little different. Tell me what you think right. of this. I feel blah, 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 blah is so. Right? That's going to get you a very different result, um, and it gets you out of having to be right, because then the person feels invited to look at something instead of being bashed over the head with a cinder block and, and saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to beat this information into you so that you have my point of view, <laughs> which you know, no one is going to allow you to do. Uh, you know, I had a conversation just the other day with somebody uh, whom the relationship uh, with that person is an important one to me, um, both personally and professionally. And um, this person is actually undecided in terms of who to vote for. Now, my personal feeling is there is no choice. It's really, really clear, and I feel very passionate and strongly about that. And anybody who knows me knows that you know they sometimes need to tell me to shut up about it because I, I get hooked into it and I go and you know I, I'm I'm swinging the baseball bat you know um, and it was a wonderful opportunity because I I I knew I didn't want to do that this is somebody I've known for a long time who I I really like and 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 I respect um, and it's a business relationship as well and uh, you know there's a personal and business relationship there so. I, I really had a high level of investment to guide me in not going where I know I can go. 
so it, it really gave me the opportunity to have a very, very, very different kind of conversation. And what I got to see out of that, what I got to learn from that, that I can now impart to others as well, uh, even more than I've already been doing, is that it is possible to disengage from having to be right, having to make the other person wrong, and really be willing to learn um, about the other person's point of view. Not so that I can see if I want to agree with it or not, but just to learn more about who they are. Um, mm-hmm. And I did learn more about who this person is. Um, and uh, it, it, it was actually quite a lovely, a lovely conversation. Um, and you know, I, I, I hope that I made a difference so that this individual feels that they can make uh, you know, a, a good choice when they go to the voting booth. Um, you know, I, I have my opinion about what that good choice is, but I don't have to, I don't have to bang them over the head with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a wonderful example. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us, Mark. You know, here on sure. the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're proud to have as our sponsor Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that include more than 100 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audiobook with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Now, here's, here are some Audible books related to today's topic. Effective Communication Skills by the Great Courses. Nonviolent Communication. Create Your Life, Your Relationships, and Your World in Harmony with Your Values. Written and narrated by Marshall Rosenberg. The Power of Positive Confrontation. The Skills You Need to hand, Handle Conflicts at Work, at Home, and in Life. Written and narrated by Barbara Pachter and Susan McGee. The Like Switch, an ex-FBI agent's guide to influencing, attracting, and winning people over by Jack Schaefer and Marvin Carlins. Be a phenomenal listener. Master the key to all effective communication, listening, by David Leeds. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now back to our show. If you're just joining us today and right now, we are having a show. It's Think Tank Stop Screaming, How to Get What You Want Out of a Conversation. We're discussing how to, have, uh, how to reduce conflict and create connection in those difficult and challenging conversations. I am discussing today with Sharissa Sebastian and guest co-host Mark Shaw. So now that we have a better understanding of what the goal of a mindful conversation is, our next step 
is to understand what actions we can take to begin to create this form of communication. Oftentimes a person in a challenging conversation feels that they're not being heard. Communication, however, is not solely a tool of speaking and getting one's point across. What is the most important ingredient? It is listening. And while one may be hearing the other person's words, the way they listen can still be filtered and blocked by their limiting beliefs, their assumptions, and their interpretations. In effect, coloring and closing off the possibility of actually hearing each other. What tools can we use to improve our ability to truly listen to each other and create understanding? And before we uh, go to our fabulous co-hosts, I just want to invite our listeners once again uh, to please feel free to join the conversation. Um, The number here, again, is 646-716-9397. We would love to hear from you. So who would like to start off with this uh, question, with this topic? I can, if you'd like. Okay, Um, Sarissa. Thanks, Jen. Um, Like you were saying, I mean, taking the time to listen first um, is so important. And without judgment, which I think is probably the most challenging part of this, it's so difficult not to jump in our heads immediately to to judging the other person's uh, view based on our own, like you mentioned, based on our own beliefs. Uh, assumptions, interpretations, and all of that, but really listening to understand and not just simply to wait for the opportunity to reply. Um, and I know it's, I speak from my own experience, it's so easy to get into that trap of, you know, being in that space where you're like, yeah, okay, I'm listening, but your mind is going ahead to, oh, I know how I'm going to respond to this. So you're not truly actively engaging in listening, but you're just waiting for the opportunity to respond versus really listening to understand. Um, And I think part of that also is being genuinely curious about the other person's point of view. You know, especially if you value the relationship and you want to make sure that you are being respectful, come from the place of being genuinely curious about what the other person is, um, you know, is feeling and what their beliefs are. And you don't have to agree with them, but at least acknowledge that they have the right to their own opinion the same way that you do. And that kind of goes to the point of, you know, think about it from the way that you would want to be treated if you were sharing your own opinion. Um, And, Mm. you know, we each are on our own unique journey, like we talked about. It's going to shape our views, our thoughts, our actions, our beliefs, all of it. So taking time to understand and appreciate where the other person is coming from brings out that level of compassion. And it can really diffuse a stressful or, you know, like a conflict um, situation. Um, the other thing that I think that we've already spoken about is to really um, acknowledge where they are. And, it, again, this doesn't mean agreeing with them, but simply coming from the standpoint of, um, for an, as an example, if they're truly passionate about something and they are, like, really in it and they are just um, talking so deeply passionately about something that they feel very strongly about and might be in complete conflict to your belief system, um, but just to acknowledge that and say, you know, it sounds like you are really, you feel very strongly about this, and I respect that. I respect that you, that you, you know, that you share this with me, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you are sharing this with me. And then maybe ask open-ended questions. So maybe if their opinion doesn't make sense to you, then say, would it be okay if I asked you to, you know, it would it be okay for you to explain to me a little bit about 
why you believe that. So it's not it's not questioning like how you know how can you possibly believe that, but it's going coming from a place of curiosity and genuine curiosity versus just finger pointing and saying how in the world can you can you really believe that <laughs> you know how, how does that mm. make sense for you to believe that? Um, so I think open, uh, asking those open ended questions is going to encourage that type of uh, conservation as well, and then focusing on the commonalities versus just on differences. Like going back to what we were talking about earlier, that at the end of the day, talking about politics. We all really want the same thing for our country. So focusing from that place versus simply on the differences that we're trying to um, argue. Um, and then, of course, going back to what we said earlier as well, is why do you, asking yourself, if you do feel like you're going in the direction of wanting to be right, wanting to prove a point, ask yourself, why do you feel the need? And I think a lot of times we, can, we try to justify that as well. It's like, oh, no, it's in that person's best interest to think the way we think. <laughs> you know, we want to save them mm-hmm. from whatever it is. And so we justify it and by saying, no, they really need to believe this because, and I, I, I talk about this from a parent perspective as well, because I'm a parent. And so I sometimes will justify, you know, I'm like, no, she has to do this or say this or believe this because that's what's right for her. And I know that and she doesn't. So it's very mm. easy for us to go down that road and be trapped into that way of thinking and justified versus really being, you know, being uh, mindful of the fact that it is important to really have that person know that you value their opinion, you value the relationship, and you, you want to be genuinely respectful and understanding of where they're coming from. Right. Oh, you bring up so many great points. Um, I, I just one, – one thing I wanted to, to add in, you know, in, in relation to what you're saying, I know I have a couple of – very close friends, one of whom is extremely highly, highly educated. I, I, I respect both of them very, very much. Um, they, they are very opposite from me in, in, in well, I'm not going to get into politics, but I just want to say they have, they're very opposite from me when it comes to politics and who they support. And the, the one who is highly, highly educated, um, you know, when we were speaking, I was very interested in hearing his point of view because it's, it's you know, and I was not about to, to debate. I just, I'm just very interested in hearing more and understanding because, again, it's about respect. Um, and it was not my job to change his point of view. And it wasn't his job. He wasn't attempting to change my point of view, I I just wanted to hear and understand and hear other points of view, and um, and that's I, I think some of that comes with age and that kind of understanding and respect and realizing that it's not our job to you know we are not the person um, to to change other people's ways of of uh, looking at the world. Unless it's something that's going to, you know, unless there's somebody that's that's a sociopath or definitely a psychopath and is going to kill people or hurt, harm people or hurt people, but basically, you know, if it's another way of 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 looking at the world, another way of thinking, I, you know, I, I'm going to look to understand it and 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 just if it's especially if it's someone who means something to me, who is in my life, I want to have a better understanding of them and, and out of respect. Um, you brought up so many great points about curiosity is, is a great uh, tool to use in these kinds of conversations because it helps 
not only with with respect, but it helps to understand when if we keep our own agenda, if we listen without an agenda, but we li- with take our agenda out of it and, and take any agenda out of it other than to be curious and to understand and to gain more clarity as to what the other person's uh way of thinking is without the agenda to change their way of thinking but rather to understand that really opens up so much it really creates more awareness and understanding and you brought up that kind of hillel way of looking at things that you basically want to do unto others the way you would like to be treated basically uh, so treat others the way you would like to be treated whether it's with understanding and listening and you said focus on commonalities, which is another important and very helpful tool in these kinds of conversations and connections. And, you know, you also um, brought up a wonderful point in questioning when you feel, when you feel yourself uh, with this desire to, to uh, you know, have to be right, to question, as you're listening perhaps, to question yourself, why do I feel the need to be right? And that can actually open up a lot of awareness as to maybe, again, something that was brought up earlier in our conversation today, um, just this this fear of our own beliefs being undermined and, you know, uh-oh, where does that leave us? So you brought up an awful lot of great, great points, and also just asking these open-ended questions, which really, again, op- and open up, opens up a lot of understanding and clarity to, to what's going on and understanding the other person and their point of view. Um, did you want to add anything else to that, Charissa? Um, no, I think that was it. Thanks, Jen. You did a great job of recapping, by the way. <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> you just you put it all out there. Mark. Yeah, there's so much. Well, uh, Mark, how about you? Do you want I know Sharissa covered so much as she always does. Um did She's you great. I'm sure you have Oh, you know we have a caller before you add anything. I would love to bring in our caller. Do, um Let's go ahead. We Okay, your phone number ends in 7367. Hello caller. Seven three six seven. Hello, are you there? Hello, callers. That your number ends in seven three six seven. Hello, you're on the air. I don't know. I, I okay. They just they just dropped. Okay. I don't know if they heard us. Anyway, Mark, would okay. you like to sure. to to add your wonderful thoughts? Sure, absolutely I would. Well said, Sharissa. And what's really great, too, about this whole conversation is notice how much more energy and how much more we have to contribute when we talk about the solutions to this instead of when we're talking about the problem. And I think that's a really great <laughs> metaphor for how, how it would be great if life if, you know, it, how it will be great when life begins to work that way even more than it already does. I think if we put mm-hmm. more energy into our solutions instead of into restating the problems all the time, I think we'd all be better off. So if, if, if the, the percentages of time and focus and energy we've spent on those on this show are any indication of what's possible for the world, I think we're in great shape. Um, I, so as far as listening, um, which you talked about, 
Uh, sure. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a quote that I love uh, from Epictetus, and he says, we have been given two ears and one mouth so that we may listen twice as much as we speak. Mm. And, you know, okay. and I think that that's really, really brilliant. And the same can be said for our eyes and what we see, right? Um, so I really like that. Another, it, it, and that pretty much sums up what Sharissa was saying. It's like, you know, let's listen. Let's listen from curiosity. And it's about listening to each other more than it is about saying stuff and convincing somebody. Um, and then when it comes to convincing somebody, you know, I just heard this uh, probably about three weeks ago, and I love it. And it's, I have nothing to prove, only to contribute. And I find mm. that when I come from there, particularly in a debate about something uh, about which I'm passionate, um, I, I'm much calmer because mm. I'm not having to prove anything. So first of all, there's a whole burden on me that's lifted. I don't have to prove anything. I just have to say my piece, be understood. I don't have to be agreed with. It's really just, hey, you know, here's, here's what I think. Um, so I think that's an important, uh, an important part of the message here. Um, you know, also, Sharissa, you talked about the, the, the concept of, you know, I think it's in the other person's best interest. And then, you know, with your child, of course, um, I think that when it is our child, you know, depending, how, how, how old is your, how old is your daughter, Sharissa? She's 11. She's 11. Okay, yeah. So I think it's pretty clear. I think most of us would agree that when she's 11 years old, uh, there are things that you know better than her that are in her best interest. So it's appropriate to say, you know what, it's in your best interest, and this is the way it's going to be. Um, and yet, and, and I, you know, when I coach parents, I always tell them to not always default to that because sometimes if we question, is that true in this particular instance, we might find more instances where we're able to let the child discover on their own. But sometimes we just get into mm-hmm. onto autopilot. You know, it's like it's my right. kid, and I know what's better, right? Um, yeah. But it, are there opportunities to allow the kid to grow? So I think you're right on when, it, when it's it's uh, you know, it's our children, and it's like we we do know in many instances what's better for them. What we then tend to do is bring that out into the world, and we think we start knowing what's better for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And uh, sometimes it's hard to let go of that. So that's where I would caution most of us to, to not do that. We don't always know what's We certainly know what's better for ourselves. Uh, we certainly know what we'd prefer. Do we really know what's better for someone else? And if we do know what's better for somebody, even if we do, is beating them over the head with it really going to help them in the way that we want to? Um, and, you know, it's interesting, uh, in a workshop, this workshop that I just did yesterday with my corporate client, we talked about with communication skills the concept of transactional analysis uh, in communication. And basically there's these three parts of us. There's our parent, our adult, and our child. And these are three different modes that we can go into. Um, and the, the parent role, we can either be very nurturing or very critical. The child role, we could be either what's called the natural child, which is about curiosity and playfulness, or the adaptive child, which tries to figure out how to navigate the world and how to respond to be accepted, or rebels, right? And then there's the adult, which is more open, curious, learning. And that what happens when we're in conflict, the, the goal in communication is, to, is for both people to have their inner adults talk to one another. But what happens... For example, if you watch, well, if you watch the debate, right, you could see that there was a lot of parent talking down to child going on. And that's where 
um, that's where uh, conflicts start to, to start to get created when the when the, the conversations get crossed. So if I was to say, Jan, you are wrong and you should know better, right? Well, now that's my parent, and I'm talking to your child, and then you could you you might naturally tend to go to the apologetic place or the figuring out how to please me place, which is the adaptive child. Or the screw you place, which is the child having a temper tantrum saying you're not going to tell me what to do, right, which is the rebelling part of the adaptive child. Um, or you can come back with your parent trying to talk to my child with, you will not speak to me that way, rah, 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 right, um, as opposed to the adult to adult, which then becomes, okay, so we're a little upset with each other right now. Can we just take a step back? Let's look at this. Let's see where we're going to go. What's, what's really going on here? And have, you know, that adult to adult conversation and get rid- get the parents and the children out of the room. <laughs> um, and I think, too, when you taught, Teresa, about, I loved how you talked about, you know, the curiosity. The curiosity is so important. And, you know, it's one of the things that, one of the tools that I like to use is when I want to know why somebody feels a certain way, I'd like to change the why question to a what question. So, for example, um, you know, I was talking with somebody who says, oh, my God, I hate Hillary. I just hate her, ah, blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff. And if I say, why do you hate her so much, I'm going to get one kind of response. But if I change it to a what question and I was to say, so what specifically is it about Hillary that brings up this feeling of hatred in you? Do you see that? I'm going to have a very different conversation, Right than just justification and all that kind of stuff. So what is it about this situation that triggers your anger response? What is it about what your partner said to you that has you so upset? And I think that those are that, that's very good for reducing uh, some defensiveness. Um, and specifically when talking about presidential candidates, you know, we're not going to convince each other who's a better president. We're going to do that in the voting booth, right? Not in any conversation prior to that. So maybe we can shift the goal rather than convincing the other person. It's really simply uh, about learning, well, what are the issues that are important to you and, uh, and stuff like that. So if somebody says, oh, I hate this candidate, I hate that candidate, I want to know, well, let's, what are the things that are important to you in the world? And then let's see what you feel about which candidate is going to address those better. That's a very different conversation than is this candidate a jerk or not. Um, so lastly, um, I think that there's a really good formula that you can use when in these conversations and you're feeling triggered. I learned this actually at a course that I took at the Kabbalah Center in New York, and it's called the proactive formula. And it's basically mm. pause. It's pause, become aware, realize, and let go. So the pause is you pause to observe how you're being reactive. You know, pause to observe your reactive nature. Uh, second step is then become aware that your reaction is the real enemy, not the other person, not the thing that they're saying. The real enemy right now in the interaction is the reactive nature that, you, that you're approaching the conversation with. Um, and then step three is to realize that there's an opportunity for growth here. When we get triggered into that reactivity mode, there's an opportunity for personal growth, for spiritual growth, and to really learn something about ourselves and about life, about connection, which, again, that's the beginning of this conversation we said is really what we ultimately want in a communication. And then to let go of your own way or of being right 
and connecting to the bigger picture. Because when we connect to the bigger picture, we find out we're way more alike and we want more of the same things than we are different. So that's my long-winded response to all that fabulous, rich stuff that, <laughs> that has come up in the last 20 minutes of, of, uh, of this show. It's great. I love it. <laughs> oh, Mark, thank you so much. And I love that you brought up the, uh, the, the Kabbalah proactive formula. As you know, and I don't know if anybody uh, in, in the audience knows or remembers, I also was a student at the Kabbalah Center in New York as well. And I carry around that little card. I don't know. You may have that as well, that little wallet-sized yep. card with the proactive formula I carry it <laughs> yep. around with me it's a, it's a great reminder um, yeah, so I can yeah I, I, I cannot believe we are at almost at the top of the hour so um, this has been another really great show it's so it's just been so incredibly informative and as always I've taken lots of notes and I've learned so much today um, so I really want to thank my very very talented co-hosts Sharissa Sebastian and Mark Shaw for their insightful and incredibly uh, just generous and and just uh, so enlightening participation in today's show. Mindful communication is about awareness, curiosity. It requires truly listening to the other person's philosophy with an objective detachment that enables the listener to have a more open mind and eliminate the need to make the other person wrong. It means listening and speaking with compassion, kindness, and awareness. Yes, it does mean listening without judgment. It does not necessitate the listener, however, to abandon their own passions and beliefs, but instead creates a safe place where vulnerability and beliefs and ideas can be exchanged more freely with lessened conflict and opens up the possibility for the fertile ground of understanding to develop. Uh, I have a couple of quotes that I'd love to share. To effectively communicate, we must realize that we're all different in the way we perceive the world and use this understanding as a guide to our communication with others. And that's from Tony Robbins. And another one I found that I feel is aligned as well to our topic today, and this one is from Deepak Chopra. Ultimately, spiritual awareness unfolds when you're flexible, when you're spontaneous, when you're detached, when you're easy on yourself and easy on others. So lots of lessons there. I'm Jan Jaffe of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. I'd love to speak with you, so please contact me with any questions or comments at info at forwardtosuccess.com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, lifecoachradionetworks.com. I also host my own solo interview show, In-Depth with Jan Jaffe, on this, the Life Coach Radio Network. Sharissa, do you have any closing thoughts and contact information you'd like to share? Yes, Jan, thank you. So, as always, I'd love to share quotes, and I love the ones that you shared with us today. They're absolutely um, very relevant to the topic so one of the ones that I found that I, that I thought was really kind of short and uh, also applicable is that people may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. And that's from uh, John Maxwell. 
And again, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about being mindful of the place that you're coming from and just being genuine and really engaged. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to do is also to recommend um, a book, which is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is one of my favorite books by Dale Carnegie. And I think it it also has so much valuable um, information on effective communication and just everything that we've been talking about um, today. And I also want to thank you both because I've learned so much as always. Um, Mark, it's been such a pleasure to be on the show with you, and I've been taking so many notes, um, uh, you know, based on what you've been saying. So it's just been amazing. Thank you. Uh, and then finally, if anyone would like to get in touch with me, um, or if you need some help, if you're a woman and need some help in your career, you can find more information on me and what I do on my website at charissasebastian.com, or you can email me at info i n f o at charissasebastian.com, and I'm also happy to do a free strategy session with you as well. Thank you both so much. Oh, thank you, Sharissa. As always, it is such a delight to have you on the show and to work with you. And also, I love your quotes and your recommendations for books. And how about you, Mark? So yeah, so this has been really, really great, Sharissa. Great to great to uh, have you on the call, on the uh, on the show with us, and and Jan, always always a pleasure. Um, I think I've I, I've shared a bunch of quotes throughout, so I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna you have. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to spare you more quotes. I think we're – I don't want to overquote everybody. So um, I think we're, we're, we're right there. Um, and, yes, and if anybody would like to, uh, to contact me, you can visit my website at mark at markshawlcoaching.com. Shawl is spelled S-C-H-A-L-L. So www.markshawlcoaching.com. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, uh, the Mark Shaw Coaching Facebook uh, page, or uh, you can email me directly at mark at markshaw.com. Um, also, do a free strategy session as well. So if that's something that would interest uh, any of your listeners, um, then uh, yes, please contact me for that. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I also learned a lot. I uh, learned a lot from both of you, and uh, it, it's been awesome. So thank you. Thank you, Mark. I've, I really loved having you join us today. I do hope you'll join us again if your schedule allows. And uh, I wonder, I loved your quote so much. I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing it with us again because I thought it was so very apt in case anybody missed it earlier sure. on. Which one was it? Do you have it available? Um, the I do. one from, I do. yes, the one about one mouth. And uh, yes, so that was a quote from uh, from Epictetus, who said, "We have been given two ears and one mouth, so that we may listen twice as much as we speak." Ah, I love that. That is so great and so so valuable to remember when we are in a, one of these heated conversations or these, shall we say, passionate conversations. Thank you so much, and as always, I have learned so much from the both of you. Now, I want to remind our listeners that not to worry if you didn't have time to write down everybody's email addresses or their websites. Um, Contact and bio information is listed for everyone, is listed in the show description, and we're, we're all three of us are very happy to hear from everyone. So we have some upcoming shows on this, the Life Coach Radio Network, on October 10th at 12 p.m., Leap with Mindset Coach Errol McLendon. On October 19th at 12 p.m., my show, In-Depth with Jan Jaffe. I'm interviewing Holland Hayes. And on October 26th at 12 p.m., 
think tank, the next episode. Um, Sharissa and, and Mark, would you like to announce when your next shows are coming up? Sure. Mine is coming up uh, this Sunday night, and that's at 9 o'clock here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And the name of my show is Mark My Words. So I look forward to hearing folks uh, either calling in or them just listening and hearing me uh, this Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the Life Coach Radio Network. And you can check that out at markmywordsradio.com. Thank you, Mark. And how about you, Sharissa? When is your next show coming up? My next show is on October 17th, Jan, Monday the 17th, and that's going to be at 9 p.m. And I really invite our listeners to um, connect with me on Facebook because that's the best way to get informed of when that show, you know, more details on the show and what's going on there. You can also find me on Life Coach Radio Network as well. Thank you so much, Jan. Thank you. Um, so I, I, I want to thank, send huge thanks again to my two wonderful co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Mark Shaw for joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.